Hello, everyone. Bill Wilson, Senior Editor for Supermarket News. I'm here with Jennifer Bartashis with another episode of Supermarket News Off the Shelf. Jennifer is a Senior Analyst for Retail Staples and Packaged Foods for Bloomberg Intelligence. So, Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. So let's kind of go to back to the beginning. We're talking Amazon grocery and, and kind of go back to the beginning when Amazon said, all right, we're getting into the grocery business. And people were kind of reacting to this powerful corporation stepping in. Can you just talk about that? Yeah, well, I mean, it really started when when Amazon, Amazon's always sold food to a certain degree, right? Whether it's through their .com or elsewhere. But when they acquired Whole Foods back in 2017, that's when everybody kind of sat up and went, oh, wow, we got to take this seriously. Um, and at the time, everyone thought that Whole Foods, that, that by buying Whole Foods, Amazon was going to revolutionize the grocery industry. Um, and yet you fast forward, you know, uh, to where we are today, and it really didn't make as meaningful of an impact as people thought. Um, and yet Amazon still stays very keen on building up a presence in the grocery business. Um, and so the question is really, what is the best path, the best path forward for them um, as they, they try to capture a piece of that pie? So what do you think were some of the hiccups that Amazon kind of experienced as it, like you said, they acquired Whole Foods, they announced themselves as a major player. What do you think were some of their uh, missteps? Well, you know, I think part of it is that um, Amazon has always, uh, at least to date, treated bricks and mortar as a playground versus a serious outlet. Um, and when, when they acquired Whole Foods, people thought that they were going to get serious about bricks and mortar. Um, and that they would really work at improving and, and leveraging the, the strengths that Amazon has, which is the technology side, and really using that to unlock efficiencies and improvements in the grocery space. Um, but, but when you step back a little and you think about where Amazon has been with bricks and mortar, you know, they announced Amazon Go stores. And when Amazon Go came out, they were going to have 2,000 or 3,000 stores. You know, they have what, under 30. Um, you know, when they announced Amazon Fresh as a grocery store concept, um, they, it was going to be a huge disruptor. You know, right now they're at 44 stores. Um, and, and with Whole Foods, they, they were so focused, it seems, on, you know, the, the, the prime member and the overlap with the Whole Foods customer and not disrupting the value proposition that Whole Foods had, that they didn't really execute on what could have been the strengths that Amazon can bring to the table in terms of some of the technology capabilities that they have. So Amazon has kind of rolled into the new year. Uh, it seems to be re-energized on the grocery front, uh, re refocused, recommitted, saying that, you know what, this is a major part of our business. Uh, we're gonna go forward with you know these plans of really making an impact. Um, what do you think about uh, the story where they would be well off purchasing some of the stores that Kroger Albertsons have to close due to this merger. Um, you know, you're talking about physical brick and mortar. Do you think that's a real possibility? Well, I, th I think there's there's certainly a, a possibility that some of those stores could, could be picked up. Um, I think the challenge that Amazon has is that at this moment, from a political perspective, there is a lot of scrutiny about monopolies and there's a lot of scrutiny about big corporations. Um, and we've heard rumors out of, you know, DC for a long time that there are people who would like to see Amazon split into two companies, you know, that it's too big. 
Um, and I think one of the challenges that Amazon faces is that any kind of acquisition, even if it's just a couple hundred stores, might get a lot of scrutiny um, because there are that, those concerns about the size that Amazon already is. Um, I think what might play in Amazon's favor is that when you look at the markets where there's a lot of overlap uh, in the Albertsons-Kroger uh, deal, um, there aren't there are some strong local players, um, but there aren't a lot of regional players that have the balance sheet, you know, and the, the financial capability, you know, or the operating expertise to absorb a large number of stores. Um, and we saw that we've we've seen that fail in the past. You know, when when somebody who wasn't ready um, acquired a bunch of stores, and it just didn't work out. So. You know, Amazon has that kind of in their corner, but I think that any Amaz any acquisition would get a lot of scrutiny, um, and and that's definitely one of the challenges. So, what do you what do you expect to see from Amazon Grocery uh, the remainder of this year going into twenty twenty four? They they put a pause on on their uh, brick and mortar growth, uh, their Amazon Fresh stores. They put a pause on that. I mean, what what can we expect to see here? Well, they they've brought in some some new talent. Um, you know, towards the end of last year, they they hired a couple of people. Um, they brought in uh, Pete Bowery from uh, who had Boots and Tesco. Um, they brought in uh, Claire Peters, who was at Woolworths uh, uh, in Australia. Um, so they, I think they understand that they they need to needed to shore up their expertise. Um, and so it seems like this year maybe it's about you know kind of that reassessment. What is the vision? What is the plan? Um, and you know what is the best way to move forward? Um, you know because the, the the other thing is that the, the the part of their grocery business that has been a strength, um, you know, which is Amazon Home Delivery, the Amazon Fresh Delivery, um, they've put they've put delivery fees on. You know, it's no longer free. You know, free for for Prime members unless you have an order of over one hundred and fifty dollars. Um, they had implemented fees at Whole Foods last year. So there's clearly an eye to profitability in whatever grocery operations they have. But um, I think this year it's about, okay, what are the actual goals? What is the strategy um, that they can really build a longer term framework around? And some of that new talent may be able to help them do that. So do you see Amazon making a major impact in the grocery business eventually? Well, to be honest, I, I find it hard to, I, I find it hard to envision that Amazon will be able to create the dominant kind of share that they've done with other categories. You know, historically, Amazon has the mentality that they are a category killer. Um, you know, in the, if you think about their origins with books, they were a category killer. The difference with grocery is that we have really well-run operations and really well-entrenched competitors. Um, and it's an industry that is already continuing to consolidate. So that share of, of, of grocery is already consolidating into these bigger players. So when you talk about Walmart as a, as a food retailer, you talk about Kroger, you talk about Albertsons, you talk about Ahold Delhaize's US operations. These are all long-term, well-entrenched companies that have a lot of share. And, and the, the consolidation that we saw uh, just before the pandemic and then into the pandemic where we've been losing independent grocers and we've been seeing smaller chains go under, that 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 consolidation has has benefited those players already. So it's not like there's a lot of it's, there's no easy pickings for Amazon. There's there's not a really big weak player for Amazon to go in and say we're going to snag this. We're going to you know and and we're going to improve it and and grab all the share. 
it is going to be a long, hard fight to get the kind of market share that Amazon would really need to acquire for it to have a meaningful impact on their business. Um, because that's the other thing. Amazon is such a big company that for grocery to have a meaningful impact on their retail operations, they have to get to a large share size. Um, and, and so I just, I can't see Walmart or Kroger or Ahold kind of going, okay, yeah, yeah. They're not gonna sit still. They're gonna continue to fight and push and, and continue to build their products as well. So it's it's hard for me to envision that Amazon will, will get to that kind of dominance that they're used to being able to achieve. So like you said, Amazon has so many areas where it dominates. Why is it choosing grocery this year to really focus on? Well, I think that um, the size of the pie is one, you know, um, you know, grocery is a huge industry. Um, you know, a, there's a lot of spend there. People always have to eat. Um, it's also an industry where you get a lot of continuous exposure to consumers. So it's high frequency, you know, people come back, you know, regularly. Um, so the ability for, you know, um, first person data, the ability to have, you know, you know, a, an interaction with consumers who are coming back with high frequency, those are very appealing, especially in an industry that has a huge market size to it. Um, and then at the end of the day, um, I mean, we all know that grocery has very, very thin margins. Uh, it's a it's a tough industry. But if you look at Amazon, Amazon's retail operations are loss leading. So if they were able to be successful at grocery, even with low margins, it's still better than what they're getting out of their retail operations today from a margin perspective. Um, so, so that's probably another consideration there. Um, and grocery generates cash. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a good industry in terms of cash generation um, and and being able to um, uh, and being able to to kind of build ongoing operations. So switching gears here just briefly for Kroger Albertsons merger mm -hmm. report came out yesterday that the merger could create three hundred million dollars annually in lost worker wages. You have the biggest grocery union coming out today saying that obviously there's issues with this merger. Um, do you see this merger being approved and can you validate that report that says, you know, and we're talking all grocery workers with, with lost wages. We're not talking just Albertson and Kroger workers. Can you talk about that report that that has that loss and, and that great of an impact? Well, I mean, you know, with with regards to the the overall, um, you know, loss, you know, it's hard to pin all of that on this deal, right? Um, I mean, because there are a lot of things going on, a lot of factors going on. Um, there are, you know, there are things like automation, right? I mean, there are, there are trends that are happening in the industry that are going to impact employment levels, regardless of what mergers take place. Um, and so, you know, I, I, it, you know, it's understandable that unions are concerned um, there will be stores that are sold or are closed. Um, that has an impact on those workers. Um, but it's, um, it's I, I hate to say it's the nature of the beast um, because the industry has been shrinking in terms of the number of players and stores. And um, it's, uh, you know, is, the num is that number overstated? Maybe, um, you know, it, with regards to the, the deal itself, um, our position is that it, it will probably eventually go through, but it will not be an easy or smooth process. 
um, you know, our, you know, from a from our our team's perspective, our lit our, our person who's our specialist in terms of um, um, M and A, you know, she looks at it and she says, you know, the you know the number of stores that they're going to be required to divest is really the key question um, as to whether the deal moves forward or ends up dying. Um, and then it's also about who are the buyers. Um, can they find the right buyers in the right markets um, to, to, to address the concerns about competitiveness in each of those local markets? Um, and if they have good buyers, then as stores are sold, you know, the, the, the labor component of that you know, doesn't change as much because there's still a place that needs labor. Um, it's a bigger issue when stores close and go dark permanently. Um, so that's I guess that's 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 kind of where we're looking at it right now. So if this merger is approved, can you see other mergers in the future coming and join? Like you know, you got Hy-Vee and you got a lot of other major players out there. Can they join together and and go against the Kroger Albertsons? Well, I I think that if the Kroger Albertsons deal goes through, because it is taking two of the biggest um, chains by store count and combining them. Um, then there is a precedent for for potential other mergers, um, especially if the operating regions don't overlap. So once you start to talk about some of the regional players, there may you know that may actually be an easier proposition um, because a Wegmans and a, and a HEB have zero overlap, right? Um, so there'd be very little concern about. Um, those two companies, and that's completely hypothetical. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no yes. rumors starting here. Yeah. Uh, but but um, you know, there'd be very little concern that there would be a competitive disadvantage. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the interesting alternatives um, that that you might see are GPOs or group purchasing organizations. You know, and are there ways that these regional, larger regional chains could leverage a, a a scale in terms of purchasing um, without necessarily having to have a formal merger um, uh, to, to do that. And so maybe we'll see more of that type of activity um, as a way to compete with these um, much bigger footprint uh, uh, companies that are out there. Jennifer Bartatius from Bloomberg Intelligence, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much.